Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. We are live on January 28th in the Sugar Club in Dublin City Centre. Uh, tickets are available right now on eventbrite.ie for podcasts for Palestine. They're only 15 quid and all proceeds are going to Gaza. So come along for great night's entertainment and a great cause. Hope to see lots and lots of you there. I also want to draw your attention to the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. We have no ads, we have no sponsors, and we, re- and we rely entirely on you to keep this show on the road. So if you're listening to this and you're getting something out of it, please give something back. Make 2024 the year that you try and support independent media, even if that's not the tortoiseshack. But obviously we'd love to have you come on board. So one more time, it's patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. Thanks for listening, thanks for liking, sharing, recommending, and telling people where to find us. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Delighted to be joined back on the podcast by a one of actually our more popular guests, which is very surprising because he comes from real estate background, but he's no ordinary real estate developer. He is the one and only Rob Cass. Rob, um, hey, delighted to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, it's good. It seems like every Christmas we come back and we keep bashing going, we can fix this, we can <laughs> fix this, we dare to dream, we can fix this. And there's been yeah. a lot of progress and there's a lot of opportunities ahead. Yeah, listen, I'm really looking forward to this uh, chat because we have been over and back, um, you know, between, you know, proposals around uh, modular housing, the fast build factory housing, to dealing with vacancy and dereliction, and you have been pushing and pushing. And I know you're um, engaged in an ongoing basis with uh, Department of Housing, with others advocating to them about the ideas and solutions that are there. Um, and you've been really proactive on that. In terms of the crisis and where we're at, um, where do you? Because you you've done some analysis of housing need and levels of real housing need, and you've made this point, um, and I think our listeners would be very interested to hear. You know, you explain it that on the one hand, what is your assessment of the real levels of housing need, and then how they haven't been taken into account or included in policy, local council plans, national plans, in terms of housing need? Mm. So so if you look at it like if, as an island or, uh, of the most basic level, we have 5.2 million people today, and we're fortunate we're growing 100,000 jobs every year, which is fantastic if you look at it over a decade. So that's a million jobs created by mostly SMEs and FDI uh, in Ireland. If you look at it relative to the EU, so as I said, by a country relative to the EU and relative to OECD, uh, the rule of thumb is you have 50 homes per 100 people, right? That's the, the, key met- the key metric to look at of going for every 100 people, you need 50 homes in, in the EU. Um, the better performing com- countries like Austria and Finland, Denmark, they'd be on around 55 homes per 100. Where's Ireland? Ireland is down at 40 per 100. Uh, and then if you look at, you remove vacants, they're down at 38. So for every 100,000 people, if we were a country and we take us from where we are and plonk into the EU, we'd have 50,000 homes. Today, we have the equivalent of 38,000, so we're short 12,000 homes um, per 100,000. So if you scale that up to 5.2 million, you get to a shortfall of about 350,000 backlog 
opportunity. Um, so that's what I call housing demand. The needs there is gone because that's policy. 50 homes per 100 people, we would need about 2.6 million homes today. We're on 2.1 million. So we're short about 500,000 homes. The majority of you then, you can either say, well, that's, that's as we stand today. Policy then decides if you're in another country, so where I'd have come from, either in the Middle East or, yeah, they'd have said, right, well, you, it, housing isn't static, it's moving forward. So if we're going to be, we're, we're adding one million people every decade, uh, so we need another half a million homes every decade, right? And that's new, ignoring obsolete, and that's an important one because we lose about 50,000 vacant or obsolete 50,000 homes. I say that nonchalantly, of going, we only lose 50,000 homes, which is equivalent of many towns. But, but in essence, if we say we're going to... You know, we lose 50,000 Well, they go vacant, vacant, derelicts, and then demolished. So we lose 50,000 homes a decade. We lose 5,000 to 6,000 homes uh, a year going obsolete, crushed, sent, sent to landfill. Um, or we demolish them and... Yeah, we don't do much about circular economy, which is an opportunity. But, but in essence, in essence, we're short about between three fifty, uh, fifty thousand homes today. Would be the backlog. The biggest backlogs tend to be in, in Dublin, and then then we go outside the M50, so beyond the pale. Um, and and I guess that's that's kind of at steady state. We're short a backlog. Now I call that a backlog opportunity because. Every home you build creates economic opportunity. So if that's in the construction, the workers, the, if you want the cement, the zero carbon cement, you need to build a home of, uh, let, let's say, it, uh, a home costs 200,000. And we're going to get into that. We're going, what's, what's, what's the secret sauce of, of within a home? But let's say to build a home, the economic value is 200,000, exclude the land. Um, so owning it, if you said young people have to own, that's again a policy choice. The EU average would be 70% ownership of mm, 18 to 44s. Yeah. Varies, like Denmark are cracking because they do stuff with students where they give students accommodation, uh, uh, fed into um, student accommodation and say, okay, the Danes give students a thousand a month towards their owning a home. So I'll say that again. Denmark government gives students a thousand euro a month towards owning their own home. So they graduate with wealth. They graduate owning a home. Not renting for a thousand a month to graduate with twenty five grand of debt, etc. And how do they that's do a, that? The, the, that's policy because they're making so much taxes. Um, they recycle their taxes, so it's a policy towards students and young people. So it's a fundamental mindset of going: if young graduate, let's let's give them the best setup in life and allow them to use some of the taxes collected centrally to divert it towards students to own, not developers. To get a subvention of a thousand rent is a rental income per month, so they graduate with student debt. So it's a policy choice; it doesn't exist yeah. in Ireland. But it's again, it's something that Housing Europe um, flag as young ownership, great practice. So uh, Dara Turnbull and Sorka Edwards would do amazing stuff on Housing Europe because effectively, yeah, they they, they were able to look across the rest of you going, if you take the segment of housing needs. Going back to it again, if there's about 350,000, you have about a shortfall of 50,000 students. And in the Copenhagen policy or the Danish policy, they give students money because the Danes have a budget surplus. Not that Ireland hasn't a budget surplus. 
that yeah. they could say, let's use some of that surplus towards young people. And they graduate with student accommodation owning. And if you graduate when you're owning, you don't have a debt. So look, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, we're going down a Robert Warren hole of going first, your, your, your metric is 50 homes per hundred. We're short 350. We're going to be short about 700,000. If young people get 70% ownership, it's about 90 billion wealth to young people to get them to EU levels of ownership, wealth, um, to own. So 70% ownership. Um, and that is 90 billion. So last decade, they lost ownership. Ownership is declining because it comes back to the question you ask, what's the steady state demand? Yeah, we, we have 100,000 jobs, which is amazing and cracking. Uh, and they provide most of the taxes and the talent. And we're supplying 30,000 homes a year net because it's 35 less 5,000 obsolete. Um, but actually, when you drill down to 30,000, it's only 5,150 first-time buyers. So it's not really 30,000 is the real number. It's 5,000, roughly, uh, first-time buyers of new built. Yeah. So you've a, you've a one in 20 race because the councils and the housing bodies are a bigger buyer or therefore the government are a bigger buyer than, than first-time buyer. And, you've and got, institutional investors too. It's a small, there is still a fraction of the market because whether, whether we like it or not, Dublin is still only 30% of the market. Um, uh, and the market is the biggest opportunity is, is actually outside Dublin. And that's mainly outside the M50. But, but currently, currently, a very like sixty percent of the new supply in Dublin is built to rent investor fund. I I, I look at I look at um, the C, the CSO first time buyers, and that's non household buyers. The definition, and they can also be councils and housing body. So it's built to they rent. They can, but I, I've I've gone through those figures as well, yeah. and what they include is market purchase. Yeah. Um, they don't include the non-market transactions that are going on, which is essentially, yeah. and I've gone through those figures and my analysis is that excluding councils and social housing, right. that yeah. you've about 60% of it. And you can see it, you know, the, the, the what's been built in Dublin. It's a great return for is, if you're renting. Yeah. If, but <laughs> If you're an if institutional you're, investor, it's a great, great return in Ireland because going back to what you started with of the demand, if you have war, uh, yeah, if a backlog of 350,000 homes today, you're adding to that backlog every year with 100,000 new jobs in the country, seeking, chasing only 5,000 new first-time buyers because really the state, the stock is... Like ultimately, they'll argue that existing stock uh, is added from people who die. Well, not really, because you're fundamentally an undersupply. So you need to be adding adding more supply than than the proxy, which is job growth. So if we still want job growth, and I'm guessing we'll always want job growth, which is great, because then you become a, 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 an island that people find very attractive, which Ireland really is, because we're not full. So we're going to cover. The, I guess we're going to cover that Ireland is far from full. Fundamentally, yeah. we're, we're the least dense. We've no densities in our towns. We've no densities in our cities in Dublin. We've no densities in any of the secondary cities. So we're far from full. We've probably got the most opportunity to be more full. And the more full, we get more jobs that are created. The more jobs that are created, the more taxes. And But the, the mistake we're making, and therefore the opportunity is if we focus on young people and say, well, we've got 1.28 million young people not owning today in Ireland. That was the CSO 2022. And we're adding about 30,000 not owning every single year. So that number is building. 
Um, so 1.28 million is the number that's not included as having a housing need or demand in policy. So that's at mainly council level, regional level, national level. So that 1.28 million, half a million are adults living, living at home, home with parents. parents yeah. And the remainder would be people who are in the private rental sector, generation Correct. rent. Yeah. So which, if you just took that, if you just took that 1.28 million and it adds 30,000. Uh, and, and your point is that they're not included. They're assumed to have in, no demand. In housing needs assessments. Yeah, it's kind of like a happy Christmas to where councillors said, so it's councillors who vote for supply and demand and and that there's ample capacity and cap, uh, resource at council level. I'm going to come and to this that is just to explain to people, this is essentially how local, because uh, people think about housing supply, they think it's just a case, yeah. you know, the, the government is trying to encourage supply, encourage supply, but that's not how it works. No. They essentially supply in very significant proportion is set according to local development plans. That are yeah, the done. local development plan are, are voted through by councillors, fixed for eight years. So if magically, R- Rory, let's, let's say a hypothetical, um, we had, oh, I don't know, 100,000 100, Ukrainians come in, which is great. 70% of them are working, which is brilliant because they're becoming the teachers and nurses and everything else uh, and working in retail. So that's, that's the good news. And we have another 100,000 jobs every year that aren't included in the housing development plan because the economic plan that the councillors voted for and the Department of Housing isn't connected to the housing plan because that would mean you'd actually have to build creches and infrastructure ahead of the housing need because you come to Ireland, you go, I'm looking at Ireland, we're cracking, we're going to be brilliant on AI. Stuff. Obviously, I'm a stupid engineer that I wouldn't understand that, but AI guys are earning 750,000 now doing AI, which is just insane levels, but, but hey, it's tech. Um, and you're going, you want to move to Ireland, so you'd assume as a country you'd plan on technology being a disruptor and you'd go well what are tech interested in talent well they're interested in actually creative stuff bizarrely and they're interested in schools and vibrancy and other stuff so you're going to get the tech jobs and you're going to make sure that the creches the infrastructure schools are in place before they take the job so that they're not spending their time creating trying to find a home for six months because in reality if you're one of the 100,000 coming for a job in Ireland every year. Uh, it's about 20 years to get a home at the moment. So I don't know, that's yeah. the other metric that you have to look at. The demand is one side need because everybody needs a home and, and it's not exactly. a market. Exactly. Everybody yeah. needs a home. You need living space. You need yeah. either one bed and two bed, which is 70% of the 65% of the demand completely unfulfilled because it's left a private market and that's a fundamental flaw. But if you never accept there's a backlog, you're always chasing the supply. And that's where the councillors made the flaw. The department keeps making the flaw. Because if you flip it on the positive, if we decided to get young people homes, what would be steady state? We said, because there's a choice going, how fast do you want to get a home? Um, and go, because we've an infinite amount of capital, because we have, we have now budget surplus running at about 60 billion envy of Europe for that but it's not the cash surplus of the government because the government can actually allow homes communities businesses use their cash so the cash and deposit is about 230 billion rising 20 billion every year and this mortgage has been paid down 8 billion so we've got 20% savings every year so it's not the budget should be the focus it's gone how do we get the wealth which is in homes and businesses, which is there as cash, 
to work for our young people. And the way you can do that is what our Europe does. It goes, okay, we can do letters of credit to supply low cost loans across the supply chain to buy, sell, own homes because Irish yields and um, bond yields are some of the lowest in Europe. Why is that important? Because they, the reflection is Ireland is one of the safest places to invest in Europe. The bond yields of Ireland are now better than Germany, um, which is yeah. would have been unprecedented. Which means you could you could use some some of the two hundred thirty billion cash and say, right, well, you Rory want to go out and you need to build. Um, so you've got a backlog of one hundred one point two eight million, right, which needs about six hundred thousand homes, right. That's roughly what it needs. 600,000 homes today, which would require how many years would you like to own a home? So you could say five years. You could say 10 years. You could say 20, as it is today. 20 is the average. So, but the policymakers or councillors never went out and asked 1.28 million, when would you like to own a home? Yeah. So you've, you've, you've got that amazing opportunity of saying, how with that amount of cash, you've got cash, and remember, cash can borrow. So that's the good news. If as a developer you go, I need thirty percent equity, seventy percent debt, or I need thirty percent cash, seventy percent debt. The government borrows at two, two point five percent. Councils can borrow at three point two five percent. Great, and then you're borrowing and just repaying it every year. Um, because every year you're going to be bought, building, selling, building, selling, building, selling until you get back to, I would call, EU levels of housing levels of, and particularly ownership, youth ownership. But that doesn't exist uh, just, at the moment. Just to say, Rob, because <clears throat> you said something there earlier, you said, you know, they hand it to the private market and that's not yeah. going to work. People might be interested, uh, very interested to hear that coming from, you know, private someone market. who's a real estate, private market developer. Yeah, it's, So it's, explain, so, what do you mean by that? And what's the difference between what you're proposing and what's done the, currently? The, like the, and and it's, it's, so there's two, two philosophies. The market is the most functional market. Like it's, it's a weird economic world that you go, the market is the most, most functioning. Well, the market, and it's perfectly normal, the market has will supply homes where it can create the most amount of profit. Yeah. Uh, and it won't provide the most amount of homes where capital is constrained. And that's important. It's like a goldfish, which is, if there's limited capacity from finance, so you've limited amount of cash, you'll only deploy the cash as a director to the most where you get the most amount of return. Now, the government has decided to cap capital, and that's important. There's, there's a cap on mortgages, but particularly there's a big cap, and, and it's, it's kind of not discussed a lot, of SME credit, right? So yeah. the central bank and OECD and everybody tracks what small business credit, right? Because you need credit as a functioning society to make it. So if, as a builder or as a developer, you need to go out and borrow finance at a, at a rate build a home, pay a contractor, pay windows, pay doors, pay cement, pay or not, play circular economy, buy a vacant, do it up, sell it, okay? You're not going to have 100% of the home of that cost, which is about 200 grand if you're, you're on 100 square meters to build it, um, of cash in a bank account. Because in SME, you don't have a lot of cash. You're actually tending to deploy it. But the problem in the last 10 years as a policy choice 
the SME credit has declined 85% of supply of construction to builders in Ireland. So if you, Rory, were a builder, if you take, you, we'll swap roles for a minute, we'll do, do yeah. a role play exercise. Rory says, uh, we'll take a county. Give me any county you want and I'll tell you how many young people are waiting. Um, Waterford, we'll go for Waterford. All right, we go, we go for Home Waterford county. Yeah, there's 30,000 young people living at home, uh, 18 to 44 years, not owning in Waterford today. And Waterford creates 3,000 jobs a year. So they need 15,000 homes. So Rory is now Waterford Development Company, right? Yeah. Let's, right. You want to build 15,000 homes, right? Okay? Yeah, yeah. Never mind the number for a minute, right? You want yeah. to build just one home. Let's take one home in Tremore. Yeah. Uh, you want to build one home and you want to sell it to Watford Whispers editor, uh, Colin Williamson, to go, yay, Colin needs a home. Can't get, yeah. a, get a house. Um, because so I have, to, I have to get so, my land. Yeah. Well, let's say you have the land, right? So okay. let's, let's say you're fortunate enough that 20 years ago, Tremor didn't have any people work, living there and you bought agricultural no, land. I knew, I knew someone in the council land in Nama and I got a bit of land there about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you're an ex-councillor and now you're an ex-TD and you happen to yeah. come across land and you zoned it. Yeah, and you magically yeah, yeah. bought agricultural land for yeah. 12 grand and it's now worth 30 grand. Now, right? it's not actually in my name. It's in my wife's name, but Well, it, no, it's that. in your offshore and self-invested pension fund. Um, yeah, or a family member's name that you can't family remember. Or yeah. another councillor's name. It's actually in my maiden something. name. Yeah, that you spelt incorrectly. Not not that that would be listed anywhere digitally for people to access on a register to know. Going okay, so you're the anyway, person that anyway. So I am yeah, a councillor and I have this land. And you have that land, right? Yeah. So you want to build a, th- a, a where the biggest need is. So one yeah. bed or two beds. Okay, hypothetical. Yeah. Um, every uh, the concrete on it, right? So the foundation. I'm going to walk you through what what are the pieces in it. You have the land. You have the shell and core, which is called the outside of it, right? That's why it's called shell and core. Like we're a bit simple in, in the real estate game. Going, the shell and core will cost you uh, about 1,400 per square meter. And you want to do one person in it, they need 30 square meters. Yeah. Right? So you're, you're on about 45 grand to build the shell and core, right? To put the kitchen, so you've gone into wherever you want, your local builder, uh, and you're going into, you want to do local trade, you want to build the kitchen locally. That'll cost you about another, yeah, 14 grand to do a really nice kitchen, white goods, fridges and everything else. So there's 14 grand spent in retail by you as the builder. Then you got the foundation. So that's about 28 grand to do the foundations. Irish Wall will fleece you because they randomly will make up a figure and and say, right, they're going to cost you nine grand to connect the pipe. Yeah. That you've kind of paid for in your taxes already, but they're going to cost you, charge you another nine grand you know, to, to go connect you to a water main, which is interesting. If you'd allowed for water capture, you wouldn't really need Irish water. But anyway, Irish water is nine grand and your council levy, well, we've waived that, right? So the count, government have waived the levy, but that would be another nine grand paid out of your taxes back around again for another nine grand. So your 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 core of your stuff, the, the, the stuff before you make it inhabitable is about 50%. The stuff that you put in it, the electrics, the works and everything else, the kitchens, is another 50%. And then that's the 100% before you get to all the taxes. So you, so in Ireland, we charge 13.5% tax choice policy on building materials. Go up north, it's 4.5%. Other countries, 3%. So 
policy choices to, to charge an extra 10% onto the cost of a house as VAT, um, above anyone else, like just because value added tax means it's sent up to Dublin. So you've, you've done it. So your one bed, in summary, your one bed would cost about 120 grand in total, right? To build it in Tremor, one, one bed. Yeah. To do two beds, which is 70 square meters, you're on about 200,000 X land. Land is a percentage of value, right? Um, not just cost, it's not hardwired. So your two bed would be 200 grand, and that's all new build, including all the taxes. That's about Irish water, right? So let's understand all the government money that's made from the house. Irish water, developer levy, VAT, and then that finance thing. So finance rates at the moment would be about 12%, would you believe? So back to the bond thing. The bonds are 25 you can't guess. Rory is a development company, water for development. You walk into AIB Bank of Ireland and say, I want to build a house in Tremor mm. for water whispers. They will say, yeah. we don't provide finance. So you can't guess. You can't get Where, finance. You've got to use it from cash, Rory. So you've got to have built up cash. Whereas if Rory was, was let's call it Hanover Development Company, you're in Germany and they go, oh, that's great. You're creating trades. So we'll actually lend across trades to one another at 0%. It's called VDB. So you've now saved yourself the finance cost, which is about 12%. So there's... So, so in essence, you're, you know, there's a number of very important... I, I forgot to add there. the developer profit, Rory. So it's yes, because you're going, a very come on. kind-hearted developer, that won't happen. Yeah. You work back from what the market price is rather yeah. than you add the costs up, you add yeah. a percentage onto it because that's the co-op model. In essence, you don't need to be a developer if you're the state because you shouldn't be paying developer profits, yeah, which is about 10% minimum, um, or it could be 25%. So it can go up to 25x land. But you've also made your profit on the land, Rory. So yeah. you bought your land for before it was zoned, before you did that county housing plan that you voted on to, to make sure that there was no supply, Rory. Now you've gone, you've rezoned a bit of land. Wonderful. You've got a three to four times uplift. I'll say that again, three to 400% profit uplift on land. Um, so 10 grand profit on a, yeah, on a house. Um, so you made 10 grand profit and you make about 20 grand profit. So 30 grand profit on a 200K home. It's a great return. Uh, it's one of the highest returns in Europe. So that's because the profit, back to the, the you asked me the question, well, that's private market. But because the SME construction finance is a total of about 15 million in the whole country to build all homes across all counties, I'm going to say that again, 50 million. Central Bank would say SME credit and construction is 50 million. And we have a backlog of 1.28 million, needing 600,000 homes, 200K home, 120 billion backlog. That's B. And we've got SME credit of 50 million. You see, you see the, the problem. So Rory's now a private developer going, where's the best return on my money? It's, it's in the M50. Kildare, me, the Wicklow, Loud actually now is becoming a yeah. great place to develop because it's just sprawled from Dublin. That's planning policy. So it's the, the Department of Housing has just gone, actually, you can't build in Dublin because of housing policy, councillors. So you have to go outside so you can build in the sprawl and it's actually where the most money is. So your return on investment is four times higher from building in Kildare, Meath, than it is in somewhere like, heaven forbid, Tremor, Leitrim, Roscommon, Longford, which is a hundred year waiting list and somewhere like Tipperary, 60 years to get home. 
But the the point being that on the one hand, you have, as you say, this issue of, you know, the excess profit extraction, which adds to the cost of housing. But on the other hand, you don't have credit going yeah. to SME builders. There's yeah. a complete absence of it. Yeah. And if in order to rectify that and yeah. maybe on the one hand, is there a way to do this? Yep. including expansion of, because, you know, as you know, I would, uh, and I think, you know, a lot of people would also be in favor of, um, as you are as well, you know, expanded genuine social housing being built, um, affordable rental being built, you know, home ownership. Affordable is, homes being built. Like, what could you Affordable homes, first? full stop. But ha- the market is not... That's never going to respond. It's not going so to it's respond. it's a policy failure. It's, it's, if, if you look at fast build, so how do you increase supply? If you're asking me going... Uh, so you've got a one an amazing opportunity, and it's fundamentally moral obligation of going. It comes back to the jobs. If we're if the if the philosophy is we want to be job creating country of young people, which it is at the moment, uh, we're the yeah. youngest, and we could be even younger if we hadn't seen 1.2 million leave in the last 20 years. By the way, those 1.2 million that don't own, and additionally the 1.2 million that left. So any of the people that are listening to this who've gone around the world are uh, are assumed to have also no housing need and never come back to Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. I, I would go, how did you come up with a policy that you assumed one point? <laughs> so this is Niall Cusson and the Department of Housing and councillors who went, so you came up with housing, but you never asked any young people whether they wanted homes. No. And then the second, the 1.2 million diaspora, and I mean the young people who've got all the talent, who've gone around the world with all the experience, as fortunate I was, gone, went to the Middle East and used to build cities. And then they, they, you're assuming none of them ever want to come back to their communities. Fascinating. Like if, you'd have, if they come back, heaven forbid what will happen because you'll have 1.2 million plus their significant others, plus their children going, isn't that going to be amazing? A population all of a sudden jumps to 6 million and then it bumps to another 6 million because they'll be home having babies making more babies because then they're in homes because the first thing you do when you're at home is you make babies if you own the home. And that's the fundamental affordable home of going, you have to set out a different vision, which is going, hypothetically, Rory, if you said, right, let's go forward 20 years rather than look at the back back 20 years. You could be 8.6 million by 2046. That's bigger than the, the, the famine population. Because that's the rate of our population growth at the moment. You could bring back some of the the talent that left to come back to actually change it. And they're going to need 100,000 homes a year. Need is good because need of homes of one and two bedroom, affordable, affordable ownership, one and two bedroom, three bedroom in town centres, namely not sprawl, means you densify towns. If you do that, then you don't need developer profit, 20%. Your land cost drops as a fraction. So I'll go back to again, going, because you can now build four-story homes like they have in lovely Paris and Copenhagen and in Austria, and every town can be like that when you're looking at it. Um, you could go, okay, four stories, four floors is lovely. Like, it's it's Leeson Street, lovely. Uh, Cork has it, little bits of it as well. Waterford has it as well. Limerick has it as well. Because because of their their heritage, gone. Oh, yeah, but you go to people know people know you know Copenhagen, Amsterdam, you know these cities have you know four or five stories um, housing that's absolutely beautiful and is you know so it's not it's not beyond it's not like this this is something completely uh, alien to us or or needed. But I I think the bigger question because you're 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 going the direction 
you're saying we need affordable housing, okay, which you're agreeing. We need you're affordable market- housing to own, not to rent. We need fundamentally wealth is created in youth when they own. Okay, and at the moment, I, I know the you're really strong, and, and I and I agree as well that we do need ownership, um, yeah. and I think we need to find ways of what I call um, decommodified ownership, which is mm-hmm. essentially that it's not something that can then be flipped as an asset in six yeah. years or ten years, but that actually is retained as a form of affordable home ownership. That it can still be an asset and can still be, <coughs> excuse me, wealth within it. Yeah, but I do think there is an absolute role for genuinely secure rental that can yeah. offer forms of equity ownership that can offer forms of you know um buying into cooperative community yeah. housing as well but i think the biggest qu- the question then is okay so you're saying the market isn't working right you're saying policy isn't working to facilitate an alternative way of doing it so how what are the things that concretely need uh, excuse the use can be done concrete (laughs) not concrete but so you're saying you say we want four-story buildings that are affordable you know beautifully designed in town centers european living in town european living in in irish towns across that could facilitate cost basis yeah facilitate and you can build it cheaper yeah, and with the tax tax advantages we've got, which is a budget surplus, you could actually yeah. transfer some of those tax surpluses directly to young people. So you could go, we're going to transfer a billion as a tax credit, and you can do that. We've discussed it before, living cities tax credit is 200k. It's not promoted because it's kind of going, well, imagine if young people got their hands on 200 grand of a tax credit. That means you get 20 grand back as a tax credit every, every year for but, 10 but years. It, uh, what about the issue of land and property ownership? No, like again, if you come back to town because cores. if town cores are owned by individuals who have no interest in selling it, who have no, no, I don't, I don't. I, again, people have can can be said okay, they can put it in as a joint venture. They 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 are interested in, in making a return. That's fine as long as you're saying. And that, by the way, the biggest landowner is the state. The second biggest landowner is the church. So I, I having conversations with two bishops, I've never had pushback because they're all going, we want to unlock affordable homes for people. I'm, I can say Bishop Waterford is gone. He's talking about it at the moment. There's one in Ballinag on 50 acres going. They have the biggest lands and they have the biggest assets. So it, we, we keep going back to sprawl. It's not, it's not the new builds. It's actually buying property. So we've got lots of one, one like streets saying Don Garvin going, you've got one bedroom terrace. And that's it. And you've got a large garden behind it going, well, actually, wouldn't it be amazing if you said, we're going to add two, three floors above you and your house is part of that, but you're going to get a nice new home as well as increased house value. But your home now is going zero energy bills, right? The The home is now you've you've moved your, your family back to being around you or not. They're young people, you've moved out and they're now living with you, above you, but they have their own home to buy. So you've actually got to densify the towns. So... Like you take Tremor. Tremor is a housing density of 2,000 people per square kilometre. Europe would be 4,000 people. So you double the density. Double density means not sprawl. It means use the, the sites that you have already to, to increase the three and four floor. That brings down land value. And that's important. Land value, instead of being 20 grand a site, is now 3K. Because remember, you've gone up on the same land parcel. So you've now halved quarter, eighth, whatever way you want of going multiplied by four, your ha- land value, and that's that's the <gasps> land value because if you're a developer yeah. here, it's, oh no, no, the state is the largest landowner. The church is the second largest landowner. Then the private can come in going, I'm buying 
your land at market value, but I'm going to densify it. Namely, I'm going to add a beautiful three three K four 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 story apartment, not apartment, or a terrace, like a Georgian terrace up. And, and fairness to Waterford Council, they've just done that in Dungarvan. They've taken what was above a burger bar and they've added four four floors to it, filled in a cinema and another place. Looks brilliant, but it's a fraction of the cost for the land and a fraction of the development value, but 60 people go in there. Now, now that's different to what's currently going on, sprawl. Because sprawl means you go buy land outside Dublin, outside Waterford, hope to get it zoned, and you get a 30k land value. So you therefore got to sell it for 300k. No, you go densify. And densifying it is the European model that actually means you're building affordable towns. Those homes, and I give you numbers, Rory, like we looked at for, there's a project we're looking at in Wexford and we're down to Wexford tomorrow going, okay, that means the mortgage is 600 euro for a two bedroom. Because you've taken the existing vacant, you've added a floor, they call it infl- infill in America, yeah. and you've mm-hmm. added floors to, to it, but you're now on 600 euro for a mortgage for a two bedroom. You could be even That's cuter incredible. with, with the, well, it, it's been done in Wexford, which is brilliant, and, and the young lad there is paying 12% interest rate, but, but we'd be down to go, well, the council can borrow, this is important, councils can borrow at 3.25%. So why didn't the council lend across to him, SME, 3.25%. He pays that back when it's bought, regenerated. So he's doing vacant. Buy, he buys the vacant, does it up within a month, sells it. And he has 70 people waiting for every single home he turns around in one month. 70 people that he's selling it to. So he's selling, his model is build, regenerate, sell. But he, he's building that out for mortgages of two, yeah, so 700 euro mortgage, not a two bed, which is going to cost 210k, which is then going to be a mortgage of 1200. That's 500 extra month, five, six grand a year saved cash, which goes into town trade. So it also means you don't need a car because you're living in the town center of Wexford. You live in the, and it's the same across Ireland. We have loads of vacants to be infilled. And it's just not, again, it's just not in policy because infill, it means densifying. If we looked at Ireland different or gone, you, you could add 1 million people into town cores on the existing footprint rather than 500,000 new builds out in, do you reckon, do you know what I mean? I've got, and that was fundamental policy choice behind um, National Planning Framework Ireland 2040. Going, we're going to go for sprawl again. We're not choosing to densify, not choosing to vacant, not linking them to creches, not putting them on public transport. There are some God models. The SDZ up in Grange Gorman is, is going brilliant. It's got the rail and it's got high densities of eight floor coming down as you come away from it. That's, except that it does, except it's all investor fund uh, student. That's the wrong Unaffordable student accommodation. Correct. It's, 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 it, but that was exactly the, the choice. Don't sell the land. So again, it comes back to if you can have a, a developer can be private, chasing the most profit, which is great. Policy enables sprawl, which it does. Or it could have chosen, uh, policy could have said, we need a, a, um, a model in between of that, which is, Community housing at scale, finance from low cost credits, using infill, using fast build, buying vacant. Because remember, we do have 72,000 vacant. Yeah. Right? And we've got 7,000, we've got 5,000 first time buyers, 70,000 long term vacant. Just 
buy the fucking vac- long-term vacant. That's 72,000 long-term vacant. Not vacant well, a year. Well, according to the Department uh, of Housing and Revenue and Government, the whole vacancy question is just, you know, that was all uh, smoke and mirrors because there's actually only 3,000 homes liable to the vacant property tax. Uh, that's Department of Finance. Now, mismatch between Department of Housing Policy. So you could put all the vacant up on it. So the CSO has all the vacant. It collects yeah. the ESB and that's 72,000 that they have from last year to say long-term vacant. They, that's the Department but of Finance. But they're saying the census, the census data is not accurate because it's not, it's basically... Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd get the Department of Finance out and walk the streets of Tipperary, Thurless, Mayo, Galway. I don't think they've ever been to Donegal. They probably maybe have gone to Waterford. No, no, no. Um, I, I see them. I see you don't even. Need I, we to all go. see them. We're, like, you, but we're you don't all even need to go to Donegal. You could walk down Thomas Street in Dublin. You could walk anywhere in Dublin City, which they they don't go anywhere. They no, just stay on the, in their, on, their, the, if they if buildings, the reason the reason being, Rory, is if they collected the vacant tax on the seventy two thousand vacant, which are worth um, 72 billion is the value of long term vacant. You sh- the policy is not to charge them really um, uh, because they should have gone like EU model and this is housing Europe and all of us would say your, your wealth, your asset is accumulating 6 to 8% per annum which it has done it's done that over the last 10 years so you have an 80% gain in wealth you pay no tax that's the policy choice of the Department of Finance and Department of Housing they could have simply gone we're charging 6% uh, on the asset value that's collected and, and you've stated the asset value, so it's an auto-deduct. They choose not to, because it would have been an income source of you know, 6% and 70 billion, 500 million, which then becomes a community finance fund to go and buy vacant and do them up and recycle that, but they collect nominal to say it's just not worth doing, which is a handy excuse by the Department of Finance for going, it's not worth doing. But again, I come back to, did they ask the 1.28 million young people, is that okay? Did. Yeah, but it, Rob, is it not... It's not Department of Housing in that instance. <clears throat> I know I'm pretty tough on Terry Sheridan, who's, who's Department of Housing Policy, but, but they could have gone and gone, Exchequer automatically collected from the, the person who's made the wealth, because they have made wealth on vacant. But um, why has the department... Because this, I think it's a very fundamental uh, yeah. issue, this, this issue of... Because essentially, I don't know if you read the article from Owen Burke Kennedy in the Irish Times there last week and on this where um, he said specifically, like more or less, that based on this now, that there's only 3,000 vacant property uh, liable to the tax, that essentially the vacant housing question is out the window, that this is not really a source set up to fail, of right? housing. It's set up to fail. Uh, Department of Finance set that up to fail. They, they misled the minister in that instance by deleting the amount of rows of the amount of vacants that went into Pascal O'Donoghue when they said there's no vacant in Dublin and there's no vacant in Cork. There's vacant in Dublin and Cork. The quantum of vacant, yeah, 5% vacant is a functioning market level. But most towns are 20, like Dungarvan is at 5. But actually, is, is, my it, is it? Is it because there's been this conflation between vacancy and dereliction and that they're not counting dereliction? No, they've, they've allowed lots of opt-out clauses and it's self-declared. So that's like you saying you, you determine how much tax you can pay and actually you've chosen to pay 0% tax because you can. Whereas you, they, they could have chosen the, the policy to be it's, an auto, it's a 6% auto-deduct every single year and it rises every single year based on your asset value. With with With... With the way technology is, and this is a good thing, like you can now put all the vacant up on a website, show it digitally, 
really the Department of Finance don't want that to happen because it'll show there's 72 billion of vacant and then people will be saying, well, if that's vacant, why haven't you collected the taxes on it? And, and equally, who and, and owns that the must vac- be that must be because they're the the people who own the properties are very influential within policy or like because they're not just going we're not collecting this for the crack or is it because they don't want to undervalue um or sorry undermine asset values property values by actually saying there's this vacant property stock out there that because the idea and obviously the the functioning of the market is that we're under this massive undersupply yep. and that justifies massive prices massive price inflation, pr- price inflation. whereas price if, inflation if, if, if it was an artificial scarcity which it actually is yep. that and you have this huge vacant stock people yep. would be saying well why we're not going to pay crazy ass prices when yep. we could we know that there's vacant property sitting there yep so back to, back to again policy and choice councillors so if you have all this the, the most sustainable source of vacant uh, and of supply is the existing stock it's also the least carbon uh, that's an important point it's also the lowest therefore it's also the lowest cost so if you bought the vacant and, and let's just put Dublin aside and I know people will be listening to this from Dublin going well Dublin's the, the, the future uh, the, the whole centre of the world the whole 1.1 million people that live there and it's not the few, the centre of the world. But yeah, there just happens to be another 4 million people living outside the, M- the pale that, that Dublin, Kildare Street doesn't seem to understand or go, oh yeah, those they well, might count some point. I would but argue, Rob, they don't care much about the people in Dublin either. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> there's that's a certain in, There's a certain group who are, but there's, right, but, uh, there's but tens to, of thousands. To, but anyway. You, you, you're now, Dara, and you're the Minister of Housing, or actually your Pascal Department of Finance, who capped the amount of finance back to the SME thing. If you cap the amount of control of credit, yeah. you then can't buy vacant. So, Rory, you can't buy vacant because you don't have cash. Yeah. If you bought yeah. vacant, let's say you buy vacant. So, if you're me as a property developer, you go, the best return you can make is buying vacant. I'm going to give you numbers. You buy vacant, you do it up, you sell it, you make 15% profit in three months, every three months. Right, so I'm going to say that again, go on. Rory's a property developer, buys vacant, does it up, sells it, 15% profit, three months. You're getting 15% profit in three months. Do that every every three months for four months. You're making 60% profit a year. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. 60% profit on your cost of capital, which could be 3 to 4%, right? Or it could be 12 if you're private equity. Fine, but that's far better return than a new build, Okay. But equally, what happens is if, hypothetically, Rory, now you've got a budget surplus and you said you've 70 billion of vacant and you've got a limited supply, so why don't you buy the vacant and do it up, what Limerick Council are doing brilliantly, do it up, get it ready to be builder ready and sell it with the grant of 50 grand. The cost of doing a vacant is about 1,500 per square metre. The cost of a new build, 3,500 X land. So you're getting two vacant for the price of one. If the Department of Finance and Department of Housing went, eh, you've got 500 million underspend, and by the way, you have a deficit, you have a budget surplus, and by the way, we've got cash and deposit. Why don't we go and buy the 7 billion, right? I'm going to use that figure. Because if we said, buy 7 billion of vacant, do them up, sell them. That would create supply of 7 billion a year. I'm back to the first time buyers. They are only 1.5 billion a year. You've now quadrupled the amount of volume of first-time buyers, which stops price inflation. Overnight, 
You buy the vacant, you do them up, you sell them. You've now bought the equivalent of 10,000 homes. You've, and you're doing that, buying 10,000, doing them up, selling them. If you're a private developer, you'll do that in a month, like I gave you the example. If you're the state or the councils, it'll take you nine months as it's currently set up. But why is that? Because they put one vacant officer was the choice of uh, uh, Coveney back uh, to go in 2017. Well, we don't charge do vacant. We won't give them the resource at councils to do that. So in Waterford, you've got 1,800 vacants. You've got one vacant officer running around doing all of that, the poor guy, Robert, and going, how was he set up to fail? That's the council executive and the departments give you the money, right? to make sure you don't have the resource. So not only have you no cash, Rory, Robert is one person who's running around trying to respond to 18,000 young people going, I like the vacant. I can't see them on the map. So it's better value for money, taxpayer, to go buy vacant, do them up, sell them, which will stop price inflation. So if there's one thing I would do, I'd go do that. Yeah. Create a fund. And, that, and it is a community fund, use the surplus, buy vacant. Yeah. But do yeah. that outside the M50. Why is that? Because all the vacants, so if you're Mayo, Kerry, Donegal, you've got all the vacant up there. You don't yeah. have any developers. You've no private developers. So it's better for use of taxpayer to go, go and buy the vacant up in Mayo, turn it around, and now you've got a vibrant town. It's also twice the value for money. Or if you compare, or let, let me do real numbers. Um... What was the big one that Dublin City Council bought? They bought a studio for 400,000. Um, they're it's part 400, of the part fives, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but that's a that was a, for a 30 square meter property. They could have bought three to four vacant with that. What do I mean by that? Well, that's because they use cash plus debt. Remember, remember when councils used yeah. that? You could have had 20 properties for one buy to rent. Build yeah, to rent, yeah, and, and that's Listen, use of funds. Unfortunately, our time is against us, and we'll we'll have to get back to it. Again, you never right? got onto fast build of going. I know we need five that's, a, that's what I was going to say. That to finish last quick one, and I actually think it probably deserves a podcast of its own. To be honest, maybe yeah. we'll come back in the new year. Um, very very briefly to uh, to whet the appetite of our listeners. Fast factory build in four yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, it makes like, it, it. So it goes back to choice of policy the potential. Concepts. Um, potential of going, yeah, look, if if you want to create economic growth, you need to build homes that are owned by young people. And the majority of that can be in factories. So they're building it in Germany. We tried to do it in the UK. So the UK did it. It went bust. Why did it bust? Because it didn't have the, again, finance. It didn't have the demand offtake. We've no shortage of demand. Uh, and the government wasn't committed because it would have upset apple carts. Fast build is being built at the moment, Carlo. Uh, they're doing about 1,000 homes. They're flying. So the thousand homes is sizable. Already done yeah. in Carlo, Carlo built a uh, joint venture with Glen Bay. Um, cracking well done on that. It took them three years because the department, yeah, changed, 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 and there was no policy. So there's no finance. So if you, Rory, what, what we need to do is go, and we need to look at going, let's say we need 120,000 homes a year. Where's that number from, right? We need 120,000 homes a year to get to within 10 years, young people owning 60%, right? 120,000. That means we need, each region needs a regional f- factory, right? Each factory will cost about 100 million. It will produce 2,000 homes. So you got 
six. I'm going to exclude Dublin as a region because, yeah, whatever. Um, Dublin, you have it's the biggest undersupply of homes, by the way, per yeah. person. So it probably needs about 10 factories alone. But God knows, you try and get planning permission because the lads would be throwing rocks at you forever, right? So you created SDZs or development zones to climate carbon neutral zone. You go, every region has a fast build factory, 2,000 homes produced out, no developer profit. It'll cost 100 million, the equipment in it. It'll create the jobs inside in it, but it is steady demands built on state land. And that will cost 100 million. But then it's saving, the important part, saving instead of it bypasses the developer profit, it bypasses the land profit, it bypasses the inefficiencies at the moment. So it'll save 100 million per year. And it'll then add 2,000 homes a year of, yeah, say, say 100 grand construction. So it adds 200 million economic value, saving the taxpayer 100 million a year for 100 million outlay. If we do five of them, it's 500 million. It's fine. We then get 10,000 uplift. That's still only 10,000 increase in supply of what's needed towards 120,000. So five factories is what I'd be doing for, for Father Christmas, Rory. We need five factories doing 10,000 homes a year. Uh, and that'll put 20,000 first-time buyers, a one and two bed. That can be done. It's been looked at. It has been looked at. Department says no. And ultimately, you're back to what the councillors say. The councillors don't want it because, bizarrely, if you, because we're already doing 35,000 homes a year, we've capped out our supply plan. So you can't physically build a factory, jobs, economic value, saving, because the housing policy and economic policies say you can't do it because you can't supply more than 35,000 homes a year. As in, but if, go on, the development. Back to the Department of Housing, excluding. They said you can't build more than 35,000 homes a year because that in the housing plan. Need. And if you go above that, you go into planning aboard Panola and they will say reject because the councillors set your supply plan. So in, in essence, if one county like one went and said, we want to give young people homes, so proper planning, not the mess that it is at the moment, and said, we want to give homes within 10 years, God forbid, 10 years, and like 10, 10 years to get a home, one factory in one region, say, southeast, giving you 2,000 extra homes. You can't do that today because of plans from council, department policy, and finance. Fix those three things. Councillors can change it. Young people can go into councillors and say, don't vote in local elections next year for councillors who can't give you homes, please. And if they don't change, they can go in tomorrow and change their council, county plans and go, change the plans to include my needs. Because uh, if you can't give me a home in the next 10 years, I won't be voting for you, please. Why would you vote for somebody who's not going to get you a home? And go. under the current council plans, Rory, as you're the councillor for Tremor, you ain't getting me a home in Waterford for 30 years. If you're a first-time buyer, it's 100 years. So, Rory, I want you to change the county plan to, one, include young people. Two do the vacant, buy the vacant, and three, build a fast build factory. Do that, and you actually will have homes within five years. Very own. good. Listen, Rob, it's been wonderful to talk to you, and loads, loads there to think through, and we will get back at it in the new year. Lots of hope there for young people, and I think there's, you know, real possibilities for change in the coming local elections, European elections, and we will have a general election within the next year or so, and 
these ideas and these solutions are so important to put out yeah. there so that people can feel actually there is hope and there's hope. the point that, like, is Ireland is not full. We can Ireland's not full and it's going to be and, still look it could be the point is Ireland's the least full but imagine if we were the most youth ownership and that's the point highest youth ownership low carbon from these factories then means the economy is ticking along at 8% a crazy 8% a year but importantly the balance flips to young people. We've got to focus on the young yeah. people because if they don't, that's why there's the social tension at the moment. We can, with all our money, we have a wealth problem, which becomes a wealth opportunity. It's worth yeah. 90 billion a decade to young people. Let's make it so. And and right. where the councillors are running for it, going, if you don't change your plans, get out. Very Happy good. Christmas. Listen, Happy right, Christmas, Rob. Have a great one. We'll talk to you in the new year. And thank yeah, you bye so bye. much to all our listeners uh, who will... Have really, I think, been um, motivated, lifted by those ideas. And we mightn't agree on everything and all the perspectives, but definitely what is very clear is that there is approaches there that could unlock a lot of housing and most importantly, provide homes for all those who need them. We can, and that's the future. Um, So listen, have a great break. Have a great Christmas, everyone, if you can, and um, a new year. And we'll all be thinking um, and continuing to campaign as we can for Gaza, for Palestine. Um. And to continue to support all those who will have a very difficult uh, time over this holiday uh, period. We will unfortunately have thousands and homeless, but we will continue to work on that um, and there will be many. And thank you to all those in the NGOs and charities, people who are supporting them and working with them over the Christmas and over the break. Um, And we will pick it up in the new year. Listen, thank you, Rob. Thank you to our listeners. And we'll talk to you all very, very soon.